We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? Yes. Here we go. They're back. <laughs> it's your We're boy, back. Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. But, I, you know, it's hard for me to contain my excitement when our least esteemed guests come on the pod. <laughs> uh, we are finishing up the week strong. We haven't had these fine folks on in... Uh, it's been a while. I feel like definitely during the offseason, right? With with good reason. Uh, who should I introduce first? Oh, I don't know. Um, let's introduce the host of um, America's fastest uh, growing uh, niche movie podcast sensation still. And someone who's turned into a damn good film critic, his own right. Bernardo Zoraski. Hello, Bernard. Hi, John. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. I, I, I get to talk to you guys for the next couple hours. So that's pretty good. That makes me um, happy, too. Uh, I should wait. I have to plug the stuff. Well, final review. Everybody knows final review podcast by now. Uh, but the adventure of dreams dot com. Uh, go there. Early Please come read Please stuff. Come. Great. And our other guest, um, he <laughs> I think he has a job. I really don't know. He lives in St. Louis. Um, defender of the should I, can I say defender of the indefensible? <laughs> Jesus. I'd like to think they're very. <laughs> You're defensive. the one who made the joke before we started recording. My God, <laughs> you were there being before we started recording. Yes, yes. Yashwath <laughs> uh, Manjanath, I got it right. You did. You nailed it. Only took twelve years. <laughs> How you doing, Yash? I'm I'm doing great. Have I known you? For, I think I've known you for about. To, uh, it feels like 12 years. Yeah, that's just your Alzheimer's setting in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, really, it's really only been like seven years. Has it really? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, um, we uh, we bring on Bernard and, and Yash for this episode, along with uh, playing a, a, a even more of a present role. Um, the other host of Final Review, uh, Andrew Claudio. Hello, Andrew. Hi, John. Let's... I, I got edit notes ready to go. Don't worry. I, <laughs> <laughs> so why are these fine folks here? Well, uh, two things are going on right now that happen every year. One, March Madness, which is happening as we're recording this um, and is will be going on for the next several weeks, as well as uh, an event that 
about a quarter of as many Americans care about as they used to, which is unfortunate. Uh, the Oscars. Um, so we we all love movies here, including uh the producer and, and one of our guests today. So we're going to do a little bit of a movie, a basketball movie themed March Madness bracket. Um, how are we going to do this? Well, there was some contention earlier in the day when we discussed what movies would be included in our bracket. Andrew Claudio, you want to say which films you went, how, how you ended up picking the final 16? So I ended up just going with the, the ranked order of Rotten Tomato scores. And there's one documentary that I think is the one that stands above them all. Um, I also tried to make sure it's movies that we've all seen. Um, no offense, Oz, but I there. I think you and I saw High Flying Bird. I think the, Yo, the winning season is good. So, OK, and everybody can now go Google winning season and then they'll know what we're talking about. Um, I tried to stick to uh uh, it's in order of Rotten Tomato scores. There's one play-in game um, with for the eighth seed, Uncle Drew against Like Mike, the battle of the century that you're all looking forward to. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, it's one, two, one through 16 with one play-in game based off of Rotten Tomato scores. These are, I mean, honestly, the, CD, the seeds for the one through 16 don't really matter as much because I think once we get to the like top eight and then top four, that's going to actually decide, you know, what, the, the matchups that people want to hear us hear you guys talk about because it's you three that are going to be deciding. I just created the game. Did you conveniently skip over the banter at the top? Which no, I was going to get into it. Okay. now. I wanted to let people know what we're just doing on the making episode. sure that's coming yeah. soon on the KFS pod because I believe um, the crow needs to make an appearance at All the right. moment. If yes, the, the crow okay does. Crow and Jay Barrett over there. I was. Uh, what is his name? Crow and Jay Barrett. Oh, Jay Barrett. <laughs> uh, Listen, yours truly is about to write an article in which I'm I'm fairly certain I'm going to argue that he should get a, a max contract extension, which I think is going to put me in the minority of, of uh, most folks. But yes, he is here. Um, listen, man, you have responsibility for RJ's dip in production for uh, the better part of a month, really more than a month earlier this season, because that dip started when this guy showed up on my door. And you, you know, it's true. <laughs> yes, I did my patented Yash jinx. Uh, RJ was off to a great start. And then Crowen showed up. And uh, this is this is my lesson that I should never give you anything. It's the last <laughs> gift that I'll ever give you. And then RJ will go on to have a Hall of Fame career as long as I just never give you anything. And I think we'll accept that the gift of RJ's Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I mean, I th- look, I think uh, I, I was not as high on, on RJ as you. Oh, I don't you think? think? Any, I don't think anybody outside of RJ's family was as high on RJ as you um, and a few select folks on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> but I think he's he's made a lot of people eat some eat some crow this year. I, I am curious, though, uh, where where things and, I, and this is a good transition because I do want to get your thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, wh- when you when you guys. Uh, Bernard, I'll go to you first. When you guys think back to, or when you when you think back to this season five or ten years from now, what do you think the first image that's going to pop into your your mind is, or first thought that's going to pop into your mind? I'd like to pretend that it's some optimistic image of this being, you know, how how quickly an RJ broke out and eventually led us to a title. But it's definitely going to be Julius loafing back down the court pretending that he has any interest in playing defense like he did last year. My God, what a season of disappointment this has been. 
Are you shocked or are you surprised or are you somewhere other than that? I, I, I'm a little emotionally and mentally broken by it. It's just, it's hard. I, I can't think of another player that has had this extreme of a, like a whirlwind in effort without something crazy going on, like off court or behind the scenes to go from what he was two years ago, which boy, did we hate that guy to the hero of last year to essentially fair to say dogging it a great deal of the time this year. Good Lord. I it's, it's very, very difficult to watch. It's been painful um, on a number of occasions. And I just think that the, the letdown of Julius Randall is going to end up the, the lasting image of the 21, 22 Knicks. Uh, Yash, you were higher on this team than any of the four of us. 53 um, wins, baby. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and Wait, where do you, who, who do you blame the most for this debacle? <sighs> okay. So regarding what Bernard just said, one, we don't know what's going on in Julius' personal life. We never really know. And if there's one thing that I've learned in my five years as a public defender, um, it's that there's always a reason why somebody does the things that they do or, or aren't performing or living up to their expectations. Um, so we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and we may never know, but I mean, Julius Randall, it's, you can't really say that it's anybody other than Julius Randall, because we saw what this team was last year with him playing like a second team, all NBA level player. And they were a four seed in the East. And if he played like that this year with the rest of the pieces they have, this would be a playoff team. Um, and uh, and we saw last year with the Hawks series, that Hawks series was kind of a preview of what we were going to see this year in that, hey, if Julius plays like that, how bad is this team going to be? And they looked like a team that was going to do what they did this season, which was a team that was not really fit to be on the court with the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. Now, that doesn't mean they were frauds last year. It just means that they were overly no. reliant on Julius Randle playing to the level that he did, which is like a lot of teams in the NBA. You're overly reliant on a couple of stars. It's why tanking in the NBA is what it is. It's why when LeBron goes somewhere, it like changes a franchise. But despite all of that, the optimist in me is still going oh to remember this. RJ's uh, buzzer beater. Which, which he's over, holding up on his phone if you're over listening. Over Jason Tatum. Um, that is now and will probably forever be my phone background um, as uh, this, this is the season that RJ Barrett arrived and uh, silenced his doubters and, uh, you know, started his his doubters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same RJ shot over Jason Tatum that turned the Celtics season around, right? They're 28 and six since that shot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) That is insane that that is what has happened since that. Um, Crazy how that worked out. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with too much of what what you guys said. I, I do think we're going to look back on this as the season that RJ kind of arrived. I, I, I still I, I say this in front of Crowen. I still am not as high on RJ as you are. I still think he needs a running mate who is going to be a little bit better than him in order for this team to do what we all would like it to do. Um, by the time they get that guy, I think we're all pretty confident that Tom Thibodeau will not be the coach. Do you, do you guys think he uh, I haven't. Actually, I don't think I've actually asked you this, even offline. Uh, Bernard, do you think Tibbs starts next season as a head coach? I do. I I, I think I'm not not all that excited about it, but I, I do think okay. that Tibbs is going to be the coach next year. Look, it's it's tough when clearly the relationship has deteriorated with 
the three most senior veterans on the team between Kemba, Fournier, and Julius. There have been issues across the board, and it's hard not to fault the coach on that. Now, we've got a lot of progress with with the kids. RJ has gotten better. He showed enough faith and quickly that he managed to work his way out of things. Sims is showing some real progress. Grimes was great when he was actually healthy. It's just hard not to worry that he lost the veterans in the locker room. And, you know, there were all these reports of, and obviously some of this comes from like Berman, but there are all these reports of like borderline insurrections and civil wars within the locker room of the Fournier side, who's very upset with the way Kemba was treated and the kids on the other side. I hate that stuff. And it's the coach's job to smooth over that sort of bullshit. And it seems like Tibbs did a very bad job of smoothing over the bullshit this year. Look, did. If, if RJ is buying in and there's a way that perhaps Julius is not a New York Nick to start next year, then I think it's a, a much easier marriage to buy into. But if we're looking at roughly the same roster and hoping that there's maybe there's a Brunson added or something like that, but if we're looking at largely the same roster and hoping that we're going to get different results from Tibbs, I'm, I'm not all that confident that that's the correct bet for the franchise to make. I think I think those are the two biggest what ifs is RJ buying in and is is Randall gone? I will say that more than the locker room stuff, the um, and you who who I believe coined the phrase "the rot is in the walls" um, should appreciate this more than anybody else. I'm more worried about the behind the scenes front office snipping to Dolan and like your own Weissman had a piece today for Fox Sports in which he uh, he wrote you know uh, sources around league say uh, James Dolan is apparently getting a little frustrated with the fact that his Agent turned president uh, has not been able to bring a star to the franchise yet. Uh, not exactly what I wanted to read on an otherwise perfectly fine Thursday night uh, that Jimmy D knows. I, 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 you know what I, I'm in the minority on. Um, yeah, you remember the interview he gave where he had to read the names of the players off of a piece of paper. Dolan, a couple, it was like a couple of years ago. I Mike, love that. I want Mike him. To, yeah. yeah, I want him to not know anything about this. I, I don't even want him to remember that he has a basketball team. That's I, I prefer to live in that world. So I'm, I didn't particularly love reading that, man. So it's funny you bring that up because as Rangers fans, some of us are ready to hang ourselves when Dolan like fired. I mean, the GM and the president, two of the most well-respected guys in the league, uh, Jeff Gordon, who basically brought the Rangers back from the brink and uh, built a consistent winner that just didn't win a championship. But um what we've seen this season with the Rangers has been remarkable where he stepped in, he doled it all up. And somehow um, the Rangers are now, are now legitimate championship contenders. And uh, so, so who knows, who knows what's going to happen. That's fair. Um, I think Tibbs, I think Tibbs will be back. Um, here's what can't happen. You can't have both Tibbs as the head coach and Julius Randle on this team next year. One of them needs to go. And I think the front office is smart enough to know that one of them needs to go. And I also think they're smart enough to make the correct decision, which is that they should keep Tibbs and get rid of Randle and have a younger roster next year featuring RJ and um, building around him instead of Randle. And letting Tibbs coach that team, and we kind of saw a little bit of that, what that might look like with that Hornets win. So 
that's what I think the the direction they're going to go in and build some of these guys up. And then maybe you see a star trade at the deadline next year. Um, kind of similar to what ended up happening with the Knicks with that Amari season when they traded for Melo. Like, I, th- I think you're going to see a younger, more exciting, faster paced team next year, maybe with a Brunson added in. Um, but Randall gone and, uh, and, and you see some of the young guys develop and then some of them will end up being moved in a, in a star trade down the road. I'll, I'll say this of the two options, Randall and Tibbs are both back or neither Randall and Tibbs are back. I, I would choose option two. I think it's that important Same. that they get rid of it, Randall. And I think most, I think most fans would, uh, would uh, sign up for that in a heartbeat. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. My girlfriend is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, let's get to our seeds. <laughs> <laughs> okay so again andrew went and dug these movies up um i am looking at them now i think we would we should just read them off read one them through one through 16 yeah wait and did you and the, oh, okay with the play-in all right here we yeah. go so these have been seated again in order of rotten tomatoes um percentages which again rotten tomatoes percentages are not feel end all it is just like if you're a critic you can give it either fresh or not fresh and then the percentage of critics that give it fresh is what ends up with the percentage that being said um, here we go. Hoop Dreams, our one documentary at 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's our no, our number one seed. Our two seed, Hoosiers. You may have heard of it. 91%. Number three, Love and Basketball, 85%. Number four, I'm going to try not to get too excited when I talk about this movie because I love it. The Way Back at 84%. Yes, f- the four seeds coming for that title. Number five, another movie you may have heard of. He Got Game at 81%. Number six, white men can't jump. Uh, I can attest to the truth of that statement. That's 77%. <laughs> Number seven, uh, Coach Carter, 64%. Uh, okay, so here, this is our for our AC, we have a play-in game. Uncle Drew at 60%. And like Mike, starring the adorable, is that Little Bow Wow? Little Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow. Okay. Yes. No. With a young Jesse Plemons in the movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He plays the the white roommate that doesn't like him because he has sneakers. That's right. I f- forgot that. Uh, like yeah. Mike is at 57% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, nine seed, Glory Road, uh, a movie which I'm just going to be honest and say I've, I've not even heard of. Uh, that's at 55%. <laughs> I'm just, I look, I'm, I'm a Disney I'm, sports movie. It made a lot of money. Okay, I'm sure it did. Uh, number 10, Above the Rim, 53%. Uh, number 11, Basketball Diaries. Uh, Speak of uh, speak of the devil, Leo, 47 percent, 12. I can't believe this movie got 44 percent, only 44 uh, percent. Space Jam. Come on. 44. How did, how did 56 percent of critics not like this film? Space Jam is coming for that title. <laughs> that 12-5 we'll, we'll, upset is like we'll, staring yeah. at you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. OK, 13. Teen Wolf. Wasn't sure if this was going to be eligible, but I, it is a basketball movie. 42 percent. Uh, 14. Again, I'm going to try to keep my composure. Uh, Blue Chips. Again, 63% of people are very dumb. This had a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Number 15, Semi-Pro. A movie I I don't think I've seen. That's the Will Ferrell comedy? The Will Ferrell comedy about the ABA. There you go. Uh, 22%. And last but certainly not least, I was a guest on a podcast to discuss this movie once, which I had not seen, and I watched it like three years ago. Oh boy, oh. The, the properly seated Eddie with seventeen percent. So um, biggest omissions, guys. What should be here that isn't here? Finding Forrester. You're the man that's, now, dog. That's the Sean Connery movie, right? Yeah, it's a Sean Connery movie where he it, it's I, I, kind of like a, a white savior movie a little bit. Um, it's uh, it's better than some of the things on this list. Um, I, I, I thought the uncut yeah. gems discussion was a worthy discussion on our text chain earlier today. I agree that we made the right call not having it in. I, it is not a basketball movie, um, but 
Yeah, that deserves a mention, right? If it's a it's a gambling movie more than anything else, and yeah. if you like take the basketball out and just put a football game in, then the movie still works. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, us, us. Oh, yeah. High Flying Bird, on the other hand, is a little bit more of a basketball movie, but it's kind of an off-court agent type story, and not necessarily. A, it's more like if you if you call Jerry Maguire a football movie or not, kind of the same thing. I need mm. everybody watching this on YouTube right now. I'm gonna look right into the camera for this one. Oh boy! If you've heard of High Flying Bird, please comment because I'm actually curious if this is just like an Oz me movie or like a no. That was- that was I a big know, deal because it was like Soderbergh. Soderbergh, it was Soderbergh right. making a makes movie the, for a makes streamer. Two movies a year, though. That's yeah, but thing, that, that so. was back when the, Oz. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was back when those this caliber of director did not make movies for streamers, and it was the Moonlight Rider coming right off of Moonlight that had a lot of buzz. Yeah. Then I I continue to ask people of the Knicks Film School audience if you've heard of okay. High Flying Bird, please comment because I'm actually curious if this is just a movie we know about or if this is a generally known movie to other people in the we'll, audience. We'll find out. Or just tag Yash. Uh, Yash, any any honorable mentions for you that didn't make the list that you... Uh, I can't really think of any. I mean, all of the... I, I'm going to be honest. I don't care about some of the movies on the bracket that we have now, but I adore deeply a select collection of basketball okay. movies and they all made it. So okay. that's... yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I do want to just... Oh, Andrew, what? Well, did you want to... Mention the last dance and why it's not. Oh yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that every week for two months on this uh, on this podcast. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. The the last dance was never released cinematically, like no, in a theater. No. So it's like yeah. it's like when I tried to argue about um, when I when we did our top ten Oz that Bo Burnham's Inside yeah. is like one of my favorite movies when it was eligible for the Emmys. You know, like that's a TV. <laughs> documentary yeah. miniseries I believe that but for the pandemic there would have been theatrical release plans similar to the people versus oj simpson which created this weird like <laughs> nether realm of is it tv or is it a movie where they would have tried to do something with it in theaters and i believe it it was scheduled to premiere it at a film festival maybe south by southwest as well so mm-hmm. there's at least a case okay yeah i mean the last dance it's different from like from hoop dreams it's it's just it feels more like a tv show like a, a, that's that's just and as a tv show it's maybe the greatest basketball tv show ever by a decent margin because it's a masterpiece but yeah it just I, doesn't feel like a movie i i'll throw in one more this is going to elicit a response i'm sure uh forget paris oh the huh. the billy crystal billy, movie. billy crystal yeah. Yeah. A lot of basketball players in the movie. He plays a ref. I, 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 I've seen that movie a few times and, and I've enjoyed it. I, I like Air Bud better than some of the movies on this list. Oh, oh yes. Air Bud, yeah. I, man, you know what? Air Bud is my omission there. You guys want to throw in a couple play-ins for the 15 and 16 seeds? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mine would be the air up there. The Kevin Bacon goes to Africa and discovers like the next, I don't know, you know what the I, I don't remember the the yeah. basketball player in the in the film, but um oh and what was the uh what was the George Mears on Billy Crystal? My giant. my giant oh my giant yeah oh yeah that was a good one too oh man I never you know I certainly never saw that <laughs> good I never I never saw my giant the only reason I know that movie exists is because they have a discussion about it in an episode of Friends when Chandler's yes. trying to get laid with Monica and then Joey. <laughs> 
it goes in like, oh, you guys are watching my giant. I love that movie. I know the episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm not as up to speed on the friend's uh, discography there. Okay. Uh, so what we start with, with the one versus 16, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, we, so how are we going to do this? Are we, is it me, Yash and Bernard voting? And then just you three, if you guys okay. like haven't seen a movie and you want to pull me in as a wild okay. card guest pick, I can, but this is a bracket I made for you three to, okay. to fight this out. So, so First round, we're going Hoop Dreams versus Eddie. Now, now Eddie, Eddie is the one film on this list to, to prominently feature the Knicks. It's about the Knicks, but would be Whoopi Goldberg coaching the Knicks. Um, it has several several NBA players playing roles uh, as NBA, as NBA players on the Knicks, including I believe Rick Fox, Mark Jackson, Olden Polynes. Am I making that up? Olden Polynes is on oh, the opposing team. I was on the opposing. Team. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, this is a very bad movie. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to say anything about it. It's preposterous. Whoopi, I don't even love Whoopi in it. And I love Whoopi. Whoopi, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, like she's great, but not in this film. Um, is there any discussion warranted here, Bernard? Any Anytime you let me vote for a Criterion Collection movie in one of these yeah. things, I, I'm very excited. So this I'm, ass- I'm assuming you're referring to Hoop Dreams. I don't yeah, think Eddie yes. made the Criterion Collection. Uh, Yash, any objection from you? No, can we move on to like an actual discussion? Because okay. come on, Hoop Dreams. Eddie is only on this list because it is a Knicks related. Yes. And shout out, shout out, friend of the pod, Stacy Patton from Twitter. This is yes. where he gets his name from, go. his Twitter name from. All right, next seed. Uh, we actually need. Oh, we do the play in first. So this is a play in. I, I don't really. I'm not really feeling passionate about either of these movies. Like Mike versus Uncle Drew. Um, I'm a little partial to like Mike. Me too. I yeah. saw like Mike in theaters. So did I. Yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, I mean, like like Mike is a is a cute like uh, adoption story, and uh, you know, I don't I don't care about Uncle Drew at all. Bernard, I'll just nicely say that I do not wish well towards Kyrie Irving or the Brooklyn Nets, and accordingly. I would be very offended if Uncle Drew were to advance in this bracket, though I do want to raise the point that Macri, you're like actually like 11 years older than Yash. What the fuck were you doing seeing like Mike at a theater? 2002. I was 19. That is a pure kids movie. It's a movie about the I'm obsessed with. I've been obsessed with the NBA I, since I, I was can't, nine. I can't right? judge. I, I see everything. Yeah, often by myself like a weird say, yeah, fucking creep you, so why'd you see it I, I, yeah. um, I didn't see that in theaters actually wow yeah. okay uh congrats to like mike who goes on to face um our nine seed glory road which i've acknowledged is not a movie that i've seen so andrew i'll tap you in for this one so we got like mike versus glory road andrew start us off there's some white savior bs and glory road across the board it's like kind of a a movie about the first ever uh, all black starting five in college basketball at Texas Southern. Oh, it's based on the true story of Texas. It's based on yes. a true story. Yeah. 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 You should yeah, watch that it. defeated Pat Riley in the Kentucky. That's Wildcats the thing. The it's, it yeah, defeat sure. Pat Riley, like, is in the closing credits talking about the game. Um, oh, wow. okay. And they made the story about the white coach. So, <laughs> um, like Mike won the last, the, la- the play in, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is no chance against Hoop Dreams, either of these. I'm going to... The basketball is really good, I will say, but like Glory Road has just aged horribly. For the kid in me, I'm going to take like Mike here. Uh, I disagree as a 
as a white man, I okay. should definitely be opining about the white savior movie. But I will okay. say Josh, Josh Lucas is quite good in that movie. Uh, he, it's one of the better like poor man's Hoosiers coaching performances out there. I'll certainly take it over. I, I don't know. Another movie that we're going to be mentioning in a few categories from this recent ilk. And it has like Derek Luke and Makad Brooks, who are both pretty good actors, are two of the main players on the team. It, the basketball solid. It's well made. It's well shot. It's not It's not like Bow Wow is just weird and bad and embarrassing. So I, I think Laurie Road's a pretty easy win here. Yash. So I'm uh, very happy to be the tiebreaker here because I hear what both Andrew and Bernard are saying, but I come out not being a, a white person on Andrew's side on this one. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and also no chance against Hoop Dreams. So yeah, so, so like Mike, it is. Okay. Congrats, Boom. Little Bow Wow, which is the most discussion Little Bow Wow's had on any podcast anywhere in years. Um, I hope he's doing well. Okay. Uh, Isn't he next married to Mariah Carey? That's what? Nick Cannon. Yeah, oh, that's Nick that, Cannon. That was Nick Cannon. For a long time. For a long time. Okay. Um, here we go. N- next up, uh, we got this is our four versus our 12. So this is this is 13. No, four versus 13. Okay. Yeah. So our four is the way back. And our 13 is Teen Wolf. Um, Teen Wolf actually. So, Yash, save your old jokes. I did not see Teen Wolf in theaters. (laughs) Um, I actually it's been a long time since I've seen Teen Wolf. I I appreciate uh, the Michael J. Fox of it all. But this is very easy for me. The way back, I adored that movie as I was watching it. And it has only grown in my esteem since. So I'm is an easy way back vote for me. Bernard. I'll give at least a little defense of Teen Wolf and say that that is a pretty good version of one of these like peak 80s trash movies. Michael J. Fox is good in it, but this is really easily the way back. I, I adore the way back and I think it's Affleck's greatest performance. Robbed of a nomination. Yeah. Yeah. How, how dare you say that this is a better Affleck performance than The Last Duel? It well, is. <laughs> that's a different category of performance. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, this is another easy one. I don't love the way back nearly as much as you two do, apparently. But that's because uh, you're not a functional alcoholic. It's that's you're right about that. Actually, that's 100 percent accurate. <laughs> I'm not a functional. Alcoholic. When has he ever been sober in court? He's not functional. I, that's the point. He, I mean, he managed to coach a basketball team to a sta- almost a state championship. Yeah. Um. The, right for right now, the way back is the clear answer. Okay. Um. Congratulations, Ben. Uh. Next up. Uh. I, I I say the name of this movie and it it, it elicits like goosebumps. Um, even though I don't think I've seen it in a while, he got game our number five seed going up against twelve Space Jam. I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out for a moment. I'm gonna, I, I will I want to save go last here. Yash, let's start with you. So because you I think you're are you big time Space Jam here? I am a big time. And this is so hard because he got game is a great movie. And this is kind of an unfair 12-5 matchup for Space Jam. But I'm still going to go Space Jam because I adore it so much. And it, it just means... I also think it just had a bigger impact culturally than He Got Game did overall. Although He Got Game among basketball fans might be the bigger movie. Uh, yeah, Bernard, is this, get the fuck out of here, okay? Like, Space Jam had Michael Jordan in it. Let's just... I- Bernard? It's, it's Space Jam. 
Make, make your case. Fucking movie. I'd rather have Denzel Washington than Michael Jordan in a fucking movie. Michael Jordan is god awful. Now, he's not as bad as LeBron, but he's fucking <laughs> terrible in that movie. Um, it's so easily he got game, which is one of Spike's greatest movies. Denzel is amazing. They managed to, with like magic and camera tricks, pull a perfectly acceptable performance out of Ray Allen. It's so yeah. easily he got game. It's a fantastic film. Space Jam is like, a fun thing that's awesome when you're seven. And if you keep looking at it through the lens of when you're seven, you're going to keep loving it. If you, I don't know, put even like a little bit of reasoned adulthood into your, into your consideration of that movie, you realize it is like trite manipulative trash. Okay. But who here, who among us is a, a reasoned adult who's looking at this <laughs> reasoned adult? Line? Well, no, I, I want to say as someone is the other, the other person on this podcast who has kids, I think there are three categories of kids movies or kids entertainment. There's like utter greatness. Like Encanto was the most recent example, which is just fantastic. Um, And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, there is just unwashable, utter garbage. And then there is this middle ground where it's like, okay, at least they're, they're doing the thing well enough that they're, that they're aiming to do. And that is space jam. They, they did the thing that they were trying to do. It is, enjoyable enough it's well done it's well executed yellow bill murray always a always a pleasure uh bill murray playing golf at the same time it, it's just i mean it's he got game i mean there's no there's no real I, and i'm so andrew do you want to give a little something to space jam before we move on because i know you love that movie so yash and i were actually texting last week was it when i asked yeah. you to do this pod about space jam and how he respected that i had it as my number one movie of 1996 I do not know any of you without Space Jam. That's the movie that introduced basketball to me because Michael Jordan saved my favorite cartoon characters from a lifetime of captivity. And then I, I watched it again as an adult. And it uh, listen, I, I agree with that. It's it's not for the adult eye. So it has a place in my heart that I couldn't wait to show my little brother. I can't wait to show my kids. Uh, he got game this is just a tough matchup for space jam. I think this yeah. beats out glory road, like Mike and uncle drew Yes, in this matchup, he got game has a chance to win the tournament. So yeah, that, blame, blame going. the, yeah. um, blame the selection committee. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Halfway through round one. Um, let's, I, I think these may be a little bit easier for, for the other half of our bracket. Uh, number two seed Hoosiers, number 15 semi pro. <laughs> oh my I, God. Do we, do I, we need I, Anybody this is want where, to say anything about semi-pro? This is semi-pro where, is not terrible. It's pretty funny. Oh, okay. okay. All right. This is where it's actually not bad at all. Yeah. Will Ferrell and Woody Harrelson have great comp have great chemistry together. That movie's pretty good. It's also like so, historically somewhat accurate that like when the whole yeah. sequence where they teach where they discover the alley oop and they're like, wait, can we do this? And that's where the ABA like it's where like dunking became cool. You know? Yeah. The, it, it's really not bad. It's it's. I really don't think it's much worse than like Talladega Nights in the Will Ferrell filmography. Oh, well, yes. The, the masterpiece that is Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights is good. Crazy. This is good. I agree. <laughs> um, all right. Who's just moving on? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Shocking. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. Um, number. What I, okay, here we go. Our seven seed coach Carter from 2005 uh, versus 10 above the rim. I mean, one of these movies has Tupac and the other one doesn't. Um, mm. I I gotta go with Above the Rim here. I I and with the again, I'm already acknowledging that it's probably not moving on past the next round. I'm going Above the Rim, pretty easily. 
Yeah. Um, I'm also going above the rim for Matt, the same reasons as Macri. I'll say that we should we should let Andrew have a word on on this in, in response. But I will say, even though this movie is very vaguely based on Stefan Marbury's life, um, Above the Rim is a pretty damn good movie. And Tupac is fucking fantastic in it. So if you have not seen this movie, you should track it down. No. Andrew? Coach Carter is legit my favorite basketball movie. I understand it was getting outvoted here and nothing I say will change any of your minds, but it's got the best basketball of the, any of these movies that you're going to watch today. They actually went and ran the exact same plays that coach Carter, like put into like the attention to detail for that. It's got some of the best, like my uh, Sam Jackson yelling that you see outside of like for a Disney movie, because obviously there's like (laughs) movies where he says motherfucker that everybody loves. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I think for everything I want from a basketball movie and it does kind of go off the rails once the lockout happens. But the basketball, since this being a basketball movie bracket, I don't think there is another thing that is better uh, that you're going to compete with today. You know, so I mean, I second a lot of what Andrew just said. This is just a tough matchup. But Coach Carter is for people who haven't seen it. Watch Coach Carter. It's a good basketball movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I, hopefully, at the very least, we've raised some attention for Coach Carter, Andrew. Like mm, the just the attention to detail with the filmmaking of some of these movies, you'll notice in a lot of these basketball movies, specifically Teen Wolf, where the shot gets taken, they cut to the ball in the air, then they cut to someone watching the shot, so they cut to the ball getting closer to the rim. It's like five cuts just to make you think the shot went in. There are full possessions where the camera does not cut in coach Carter and actually lets you know they played a game of basketball for this scene. And you just, you get to see the actual choreography that is like an attention to detail that I appreciate in this movie, at least congrats to above the rim and upset. (laughs) Next up. This is, this is my toughest first round matchup personally. Uh, number three seed, Love and Basketball, which I'll never forget the first time I saw that movie. Um, and number 14, again, I, I I really do blame the committee for this. Blue Chips. I, I'm going to go last again. Who sh- uh, Bernard, I'll turn it to you for this. I can once again pick a Criterion Collection movie. Uh, Love and Basketball is really good. Um, it's very important to me when people in movies behave like normal human beings. And one of the things that normal human beings want to do is fuck. And I was wondering Omar how- Epps and Sadalatham <laughs> want to fuck in this movie. Uh, it's really, it's a great, I think it is the best sports romance movie with respect to Jerry Maguire. Uh, the oh, best- it blows away Jerry Maguire in that category. Well, I, I, I'm agreeing. Uh, I think the the intimacy works in this. I think the interplay of sports and sex is effective. And I think that uh, I think this is a really good movie that I'm guessing a lot of listeners have not seen and should definitely track down. Yash. Oh, man. Okay, so this is actually by far my favorite movie on this list. Oh wow! Um, we've never talked know. about like I adore this movie so much. Um, the I, I think the basketball is great. I think that the romance between Omar Epps and Sanal Lathan. So normally I don't care at all about movie romances. It's like usually I don't buy it. That might like I, I think a lot of them are just terrible or cliched or things that we've seen a million times. 
That's why like my favorite movie couple ever is, is Bond and Vesper and Casino Royale because it's kind of unconventional. But um, man, these two are in the top three. I love this movie so much. It's going to break my heart when you two assholes pick the way back over it or whatever well, else Let's is going to end is going to we'll get there. But like love and basketball in this first round and every matchup, I'm going to be picking love and basketball All because right. I just adore this movie so much. So I'll, you guys wrote your love letters to love and basketball. I will just say love and basketball is, is my pick too. It moves on blue chips. What like, so Bernard, you were like, okay. Or Andrew rather, when you, you were talking about like when you saw space jam, like you were a kid, like when I walked into the theater and I was like, Oh my God, that's Shaquille O'Neal. And oh my God, that's Penny Hardaway. Um, and like this story that I, I was playing out on screen and I like knew obviously what these guys were. And like, look, I, I would have to go back. I haven't watched this movie in a while. I have to go back and watch the, the Nick Nolte performance. I, I recall it as being good. Bernard is my way off base here. No, he's, he's good. It's, it's the, like Shaq is, is very bad. It's yes. Part the, of the, the issue. Yes, there are other issues with the with the non actors who yeah. are. He's not as good as he is in Kazam. Well, that's again. Or Steel. High. Oh, I remember. I I saw Steel in the theater. So did I. Um, just not like great. I saw this not movie in the day. theater. Yeah, it was not. It was not great. Um, look, Blue Chips was. It it certainly scratched an itch for eleven year old me. Uh, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's an enjoyable watch, even with the with the poor acting for you know, the, the basketball stars in the movie. Um, and it was compelling and uh, it loses to love and basketball. Okay. Last first round matchup. White men can't jump. How you doing? Our six seed versus 11 basketball diaries. Um, I'll go first. I'll get this out of the way. It's white men can't jump for me. Uh, I've watched that movie several times over the course of my life. It's always entertaining. It's not a perfect movie, but it's a good, it's a good time. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, Bernard. Yeah, it's white man can't jump. I like basketball diaries, but I will say the single worst basketball player in any of the movies that we're discussing today is Leonardo DiCaprio in basketball diaries. He doesn't know how to dribble a basketball. So uh yeah, it's gotta be white man can't jump. Okay. Um yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. This is actually a tough matchup though, because I think basketball diaries is very good. It's just my man can't jump is iconic and uh just a tough matchup for basketball diaries. Yes, it is. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. 
Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We'll get the easy one out of the way first. So our one seed hoop dreams takes on our <laughs> play-in winner like Mike. Um, like Mike, you, you took it as far as you could go, buddy. But uh, any any objection here? It's hoop dreams? Hoop dreams. Hoop dreams. Hoop dreams. Okay. Giddy up. Next up. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. The way back. Our four seed versus our five seed. He got game. I'm going to go to Bernard first for this. Wait, come, mm. Let me go last. I have to think about oh, Okay. This. All right. I'm, I'm yeah. actually yeah. undecided. Yash, go first. Uh, I'm going to go with he got game. For all of the reasons that uh, you guys praised he got game. Bernard in particular. Uh, everything that Bernard said, I agreed with completely. It's just I, I just I love Space Jam. But like now that it's he got game against the way back. I'm going, he got game all the way. Spike all the way. Denzel all the way. Uh, he got game. I'm here's why I'm conflicted. I enjoy the way back more. I, for, and as for as good as Denzel is, I enjoy Ben Affleck more in the way back than I enjoy. Denzel and I appreciate what he's doing and I appreciate as we as we would refer to Bernard the the tapping on the beer cans like the nuances of Ben Affleck's performance in the way back is just like I mean a, a, a all he does is make uh, I guess soft autobiographies autobiographical pictures <laughs> now, you know um you know in anyway um the where I'm struggling here is I th- and I think we had a conversation about this at the time it came out I don't know that I really do truly consider the way back a sports movie in the sense like, yes, it's a story about a basketball coach, but his, and and yes, that is somewhat integral to the, to the story. We could quibble about this. He got game is a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a basketball movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's a basketball movie. Um, and it's a movie about a father and a son, but it's a basketball movie. I just want to put Bernard in a tough spot. I'm going to go with the way back. Oh, just hoping you'd make the choice for me. I love uh, both of these movies. I, I I think they're both like 10 out of 10s for me. I think they're absolutely fantastic. But you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to something that Andrew has said. And Andrew has said he feels the basketball in the way back is is reprehensible. So at, bad. At some of the worst basketball ever put to a movie. And and that's just shaking his head. It's so bad. They that, don't even play basketball for most of the movie. It's like it's kids on the court running down the court. Ben Affleck yeah. yells. Here's the final score. Next scene, Ben Affleck. What are you doing out there? Here's the final score. It's like you, you don't even need to know if they actually played basketball in the movie. I like these movies roughly equally, but I, I am I'm persuaded by many conversations with Andrew that as a basketball movie and we are deciding the greatest basketball movie ever in this bracket. Um, he got game should advance because it is a better basketball movie, even if it isn't necessarily a better overall film. I, I think this is the right decision. Uh, I think we got this one. Okay. Next up, our uh, is it our two seed? Yes, it is our two seed Hoosiers uh, going up against above the rim. Um, our 10 seed that won in the upset. I'll, I'll start by saying, like, I think we. So Hoosiers came out in I'm gonna I'm gonna guess was it was it eighty you can tell you can tell me it's eighty one you can tell me it's eighty it's eighty six it is it's written down on the Google Doc 
Okay. Oh yeah, it's right there. I literally am staring at it. Sorry about that. Um, it is like there are some '80s movies that have like permeated my like like special place, um, including like Back to the Future, which came out the same year. Um, Hoosiers never did for me in the way that other '80s movies did. I so it's like I appreciate it, like like for for what it is. It doesn't hold that special something. That said. Man, I'm I'm gonna go Hoosiers. I, I just I feel like it deserves it. If if for no other reason than I think other like the reputation it carries is it, it carries for a reason. So I'll, I'll go Hoosiers. Um, Man. Bernard. So oh. or yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna be quick because you just took the words right out of everything you said. Like about Hoosiers. It, it, Yes, Hoosiers is great. I appreciate its greatness, but it it never really clicked for me the same way. And I'm also going to go Hoosiers for all the reasons you said that it, it just its reputation and, and what it means. Okay. But um, I will not. I probably won't be picking it again. I was about to say that this it, this is probably not ultimately going to matter, Bernard. When I was uh, or when Andrew was coming up with the bracket, I was very mad that he didn't have above the rim in the first version of it, because I think that movie is good. But I just voted against one movie with an alcoholic coach. So it would be wrong for me to vote (laughs) against two movies with alcoholic coaches. So uh, with with great love to you, Dennis Hopper, uh, Hoosiers is advancing unanimously. All right. And then um, our last second round matchup, uh, three seed love and basketball. Versus six white man can jump. I, I'll just I just want to look. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be loving basketball here. I just want to say white white man can jump is a it is a good time. It is a fun time at the movies. Um, I love the I love Rosie Perez in that movie. I mean, it's obvious it's a movie that put her on the map. So you know, um, well actually no, he got um, uh, do the right thing is the movie that put right her on the map. Yeah. But like it's the movie where Rosie Perez became. Rosie Perez um, and like the jeopardy of it all. I, I, I what did she answer? Wilt Chamberlain for like a Babe Ruth answer or something or, or the other way around. <laughs> other way around um, yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's good stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be love and basketball for me. Um, Bernard. Yeah, I agree. I like yeah. I like white man catch up. It's funny. The uh, Woody, pretty good basketball Woody's player. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wesley, not so much. So uh, we're we're going with uh, we're going with love and basketball here. So I would also like to briefly just defend White Man Can't Jump as an iconic, iconic basketball movie. Again, that movie if was any, such a big deal. Yeah. It, when it came out. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't seen White Man Can't Jump, when we talked earlier about there's a select number of movies on here that I care about and fuck everything else. This is one of those that everybody should see. But Love and Basketball is the clear winner. And I'm going to go watch Love and Basketball after we're done recording this pod because I just love it that much. And I'm going to see it again. <laughs> All right. We'll get back to Love and Basketball in a minute. Now for our final four, the number one seed, Hoop Dreams, versus um, our number five seed, uh, He Got Game. I'm going to start off this one. I'm going with He Got Game. The tougher matchup for me was He Got Game versus The Way Back. Um, this is not a, as difficult. Uh, all due respect to the Criterion Collection. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Spike. I'm taking Denzel. I'm taking Ray Allen. Um, it's he got game for me. Wow. Yash. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't. I was not expecting that, Macri. I, no. I think Hoop Dreams is the clear winner on this one. 
Okay. So. I really, I mean, I think he got games great and all, but like Hoop Dreams is the number one seed for a reason. I, Hoop Dreams is, is probably the movie that should win. I'm probably still going to pick Love and Basketball over Hoop Dreams in a final matchup if it comes to if that. If it gets there, hold on. It's not there yet. But, are, you, but, are you taking Hoop Dreams here? But I think Hoop Dreams is objectively the best movie on this list. And I'm taking Hoop Dreams. Bernard? I was hoping that I could go pull a giant Spike Lee book out to show my vote. But alas, the book wasn't where I thought it was. So oh. uh, we're going to go with a we're going to go with a do the right thing. <gasps> Blu-ray right here, and I'm going to do the right thing, and that's pick. He got game yes! to advance yes! to the finals. Hoop Dreams is great. I like narrative uh, film. Uh, he got can game. you can you just explain what Hoop Dreams is? I, I'm wondering now. We're at this point in the draft, and people might not even know what Hoop Dreams is and why it was a number one seed. Hoop Dreams is perhaps the finest sports documentary ever made. Uh, it's what is it like 1994? Thereabouts, yeah. something like that. great year um, too for movies. In a in effect, they they filmed um, two teenagers through their se- their like high school season, their senior year, um, to get a picture of what the life is like of a young basketball player through the process of you know college recruiting, the various temptations, the heartbreaks, everything else. It is incredibly insightful filmmaking. It's frankly, it's it's a groundbreaking landmark documentary in a lot of ways as as verite felt like kind of boots on the ground filmmaking goes but i I like he got game i really do so i'm not changing my vote sorry hoop dreams excellent movie you should see it he got games better movie okay i'm okay Um, with it yeah i I think we're all okay with it okay so the other side of the bracket again i i I don't want to spend too much time on this because we'll save it for the for the final Hoosiers two seed versus three seed love and basketball. Uh, this isn't I, I, I mean, it, I, there will I'm sure there will be folks on, that listen to this and like are aggrieved that we're just kind of making this easy. It's it's easy for me. I, I and and yes, I just want to give you props for, for for talking it up. It is the love story like the love story works. The love story absolutely hits home those two again I'll, I'll echo bernard you know they want to fuck uh they actually do want to fuck and no there's like real, there's real chemistry between them and i maybe it was it had to do with the age that i was when i saw it because i was 17 when this movie came out so like i was a little bit younger than the characters were purported to be in the film um that probably had a lot to do with it so yeah for me it's love and basketball um so bernard, the other oh, oh, yeah. yeah no yeah yeah um, yeah, I mean, the other thing I'd like to add, since, of course, uh, we talked about how great the love story is in Love and Basketball. The other thing I really love about that movie is sort of the complicated nature of fatherhood that's portrayed with um, how like Omar Epps, his father in the, in the movie, like he wants better for him while at the same time not actually living by the example that... Uh, that he wants his son to live up to. And, but that's, but that's the sign of a good father wanting your son to be better than you were. And I mean, black fatherhood is something that there isn't enough about that. Um, like movies that really depict it in the, in the way that, uh, you know, and, and TV and movies, like it's hard to find great pop culture representations. Sure. And I really loved it in that movie. I thought it was, you know, it showed 
it, it made me think about my own relationship with my own father wasn't perfect, but like was still a great father. And, and it was realistic. It wasn't like, Oh, we need to make this guy perfect and flawless. Um, because we just need to depict black father in a positive way. No, it was, it was complicated and real, but that's what made it that much better. And I, I love that part of it almost as much as I, I love the love story and the basketball. This is just a masterpiece of a movie. Uh, Bernard, any parting words for Hoosiers before we move on? Two, which is say Dennis Haysbert was the name you were looking for. Gosh, it's president Palmer on 24. That guy's awesome. Um, Hoosiers is a movie and you both touched on this. I think I, I, I respect it a lot more than I love it. I, it's yeah. very important in building out the archetype of what a sports movie is supposed to look like, but you know, sometimes the originator or the forerunner isn't necessarily the one that you want to uh, revisit. So yeah. pretty, pretty easily actually loving basketball for me here. We, um, <sighs> we, had planned to do Hoosiers on final review. And then both oh, really? of us, we both looked at each other like, I don't want to talk about this movie for two hours. Huh. I, I, I don't want to rewatch it. I don't want to deep dive hey, it. I, I, you know, it would be a better it. movie to do on final loving review and <laughs> loving basketball. <laughs> well, let's, let's get, let's yeah, get to, Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Wait. No awards, no money. Oh yeah. Oh, he got game. Shame. He got game eligible. That might be eligible. I gotta look it up. Did he? Did it has to be nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, did right? he get a nomination? I that's what I'm gonna look up now. Um, and your criteria for Rotten Tomatoes is what? It would certified hit fresh. a certified fresh. We oh, okay. like, and the rules, but it made twenty twenty. He got game made twenty two million at the box office, and was not nominated for a uh, single thing. That's a shame. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, let's see if it could take home some hardware here. So, okay. final uh, matchup. He got game. Our what is it? Our five seed makes it to. The final this is actually representative of uh, like a three versus a five. You like, I don't know if we're getting there this year in the in the tournament, but um, <laughs> you mean yeah. 15? We're getting 15 seed in the final. <laughs> St. Peter's Poppy Sh- shout out, shout out to my mom, Peacocks, Poppy Peacocks, those are different things. Okay, um, he got game versus love and basketball. I think Yash um, and I should go first and you should go last on this one. <laughs> sure, Yash, I mean, you know what? Actually, Bernard, you can go first. I'm voting for he got game. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I love Spike. I think Spike is a better director than than Gina Prince Blythewood, though she's wonderful. Um, I just I don't think you have love and basketball without He Got Game, and I think a lot of the things that you just praised about love and basketball, the the parental dynamic, are exactly why I'm shifting so far into the He Got Game side because it delves deeper into that element of the storytelling, and I think more effectively. So He Got Game is getting my vote. Can I ask Oz to do one thing? Yeah. Again, something we forgot probably to do at the beginning. For those who haven't seen He Got Game, what's it about? (laughs) (laughs) I just realized we got to the championship game and this is a a movie that did 22 million. They know Ray Allen was in a Spike Spike Lee movie, but they might not know what the story is about. He Got Game is essentially about the contentious relationship between a father played by Denzel Washington, who would like his son played by Ray Allen to be a wonderful basketball player and the way that they push and prod one another and the tensions that they have. It's it's very much a daddy issues movie. And if you listen to Final Review, you'll learn that those are favorites of mine. So uh, <laughs> He Got Game. Enjoy my vote. Um, Yasha, I mean, you, you made your case pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, and you know, Spike, you love Spike. Spike did produce Love and Basketball. So 
Just wanted to yeah, throw that out you, there. Which means he could have directed and chose not to. Yeah. Um, and for anybody who maybe maybe there are people who don't know what love and basketball is about either, Andrew. I don't go ahead. Yeah. Um it's yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean it, it's about um so Omar Epps' character and Sanal Lathan's character, they're next door neighbors who fall in love with each other and pursue professional basketball careers. Um, but it's it's really it's about so much more than that. And and it goes through their entire journey. Um together and and um their struggles and their hardships but then the way they come back to each other and they keep coming back to each other and it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful movie and i'm going loving basketball all the way um really this, this is gonna hmm. it's a little bit of head versus heart um what's the better basketball here's the thing there's an NBA player playing one the co-lead in mm-hmm. he got game. And um at the end of the day, again, if we're talking best basketball movie, I just talked up love and basketball as a love story that I loved and a romance that I loved. Um he got game, as Bernard uh said much more eloquently than me, um, one of the masters of cinema um that this country has produced over the last 40 years. At the top of his game, very, I mean, pretty, pretty close to the top of his game. And I don't know that I could say unequivocally, this is my favorite Denzel. Um, I really do enjoy him in Malcolm X, uh, which is a movie. I yes. Um, oh, he's so good in Malcolm X. And like, you know, there's other, we don't need to go through Denzel's filmography, but this is, this is right up there. Yeah, I got it. It's, 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 he got game. Congrats. Congrats, Spike. Congrats, Denzel. Congrats, Ray Allen. Um, this movie clearly prepared him well for hitting uh, the biggest shot in NBA history. So there you go. I mean, it's yeah. And Ray Allen is part of why I don't love love and uh, don't love. He got game as much as you guys do. But uh, anyway, I, I saw this coming, but I get it. I get it. OK, it's understandable. Uh, right. My heart's broken, but I understand Basketball's Sorry. better than loving basketball, but I don't. I think yes. these are two evenly yes. matched. It is matchups. Yeah, the, the scene when she loses has the turnover and then runs back to take a charge. Name another movie where the most exciting, like game-winning play is a defensive, like charging foul. Thank you. Uh, they make it filled. They make it like dramatic and tension-filled. It would be like. In real life, yeah. the most important play of the 2016 NBA Finals, while Kyrie gets the love, people remember the LeBron block. Imagine if that was like the cinematic moment. They chose a defensive play. Isn't it like the swinging bunt in Major League? Roger Dorn's swinging yeah, bunt? Something like that. Yeah. So like in the same spirit. And by the way, there's... Or Rudy. It's like Rudy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Special like teams. Oh, special, special teams. teams play. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean... Look, I think this was an even matchup. And if you want to go with the better directed film, I'm not going to question it. The, to defend the basketball and he got game, making it believable that Denzel beat Ray Allen in a game to 10 and actually made Ray Allen look frustrated. That, that, like, it make it believable that this NBA yeah. player is losing games to Denzel Washington is pretty immaculate directing. Um, There's some pretty yeah. long takes in the basketball. Too, yeah. No, it's, it's not bad. Denzel's clearly like, Going for it a bit. That's always a high school player of some quality. Yeah, played it Fordham. For, I was about to say yeah. Fordham guy. 
yeah. for, for Fordham Ram. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, okay. We are now going to uh, sign off here. Um, thank you, everybody, for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, Yash, do you have anything to plug? Oh, just you know, follow me on Twitter at, at Yash Manjanath for my thoughts on the Knicks, um, football, life in general, the criminal justice system. Um, and because uh, I, as I, I am a public defender and now I defend people who are uh, accused of capital crimes. That's my new job. Congratulations, so, uh, by the way, thank you. Thank You're you. Killing it, man. You're killing it. Doing, yeah. doing, doing God's work. And uh, also invention of dreams and final review, but I'll let <laughs> Andrew and Bernard talk more about those. <laughs> Bernard. Well, Yash, Yash is a regular contributor to the inventionofdreams.com, which you should come to. And in the next week or so, we're going to be launching a revamped version of the site. I actually just looked at the specs before we hopped on today, and it, ah, it looks nice. really good. So, um, yeah, come to theinventionofdreams.com. Follow me on Twitter at Oslon Movies and follow the Invention of Dreams on Twitter at Inventive Dreams. I love it. I love it. I love I love when you guys talk movies, which we're about to go do now on this week's Patreon pod. So if you're uh, if you're a Knicks Film School patron, um, you have more of these guys to look forward to. I'm sorry um, that's happening to you, patrons. <laughs> and if you're not, now you like clearly you're missing out. Um, we're about to go do our sports movie draft. So, again, shameless plug for Knicks Film School Patreon. And um, we will have a special guest post game. On Friday. Oh, yeah. Andrew right. Claudio. I forgot the post for game tomorrow night. <laughs> as I go enjoy a date night with my wife for the first time in a while. Um, so uh, go there. And then our special live uh, Sunday show, me and Jeremy, after the Pistons game. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, take care and enjoy your weekend. Ooh.